Listener Production. Kick Bump acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Yulukut Wollum clan of the Boon who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kick Bump Podcast, your fortnightly DM on all things motherhood. One, two, three, Welcome back to the pod, guys, and welcome, Mandy. Hello. Good to be here. Always happy to have you. And look, I feel like everyone knows you by now, but for those who don't, Mandy is our producer of both the Kickpod and Kickpump Pod. That infiltrates my way through. Is that the right word? Does <laughs> infiltrate mean like you're like weaving your you way make in? your magic. Yeah. That's what you do. Mm. But don't say you weaved your way in. <laughs> no, as in like I'm always butting in, you know? <laughs> You guys are chatting and I'm like, I want to be in great the conversation. We love, we love it. And I'm so <laughs> glad I have you here for these intros because I'm sure it'll be a lot more boring if I was sitting here by myself. Well, no, it's more so that I can ask you questions that I know the audience <laughs> wants to hear because um, you would just skim over things. And I'm like, hang on, wait a second. <laughs> Give me more detail about that juicy information you just gave. Um, but before we jump into today's guest, mm-hmm. you tend to give a Harvey update mm-hmm. on your... Adorable little two-year-old. Yes. What's he been up to? So actually, recently, Harvey, Josh and I (laughs) were all on Dr. Golly's podcast. Oh my God, yes. So Dr. Golly, we had him on, I think it was like in December. Yes. So he's been on Kick Bump before. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend checking out that episode. Yeah. He's so soothing. He's just the best. And calming, which is why he's a great pediatrician. Yeah, Um, yeah. But now he has his own podcast, also with Listener. Yeah. And he, um, I mean, obviously being so soothing. Mm. Mm. <laughs> He's now... He's great. Great you know. as a podcast host. Yeah. Um, but yes, he had Josh and I on to talk about how we've been balancing things mm. with me going back to work and Josh being the stay-at-home parent. But um, because Josh is a stay-at-home parent and it was during a work day, Harvey had to be there with us. And how we we did say, like, we can try and get uh, someone to come and look after him or a sitter. But they're like, no, it's fine. Like, it's... A- yeah, it adds to... Because he's got a parenthood podcast. podcast. Yeah. So Dr. Golly and the Experts is, is what, what it's called. called. Yeah. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, it is live. <laughs> yeah. I'll, um, put the, I'll put the link to your episode in the show notes. Amazing. Amazing. But it was just so funny because like we, Josh had bought this little snack box for Harvey. He did a really good job at bringing him snacks because that kind of keeps him occupied for a while. So he just sat at the end of the table, had some headphones on. Oh, ha- we he? had Blippi. Yeah. Because we had Blippi playing for him off Josh's phone. I thought he had headphones on listening to oh, what no, you were recording. No, no, I was no. like, what? <laughs> And so that kept him occupied for like a good 20 minutes. So that was solid. And I was like, this is amazing. Anyway, then he hopped down and he wanted to start tugging at chords and playing with the Mm. screens. And there was like this machine with all the buttons and he wanted to press all the buttons. Turning the mics off. Yeah, great. Um, And then um, someone who was helping with the recording came in and decided to give him coloured permanent markers. I'm guessing this person doesn't have children. Like I saw it happening in the moment, and I was like, "Are they textures or permanent oh markers?" And when I realized they were permanent markers, I was like, "We're kind of we're mid Sorry. we're mid podcast." You've got to be. Ca- I want to know who this producer was. <laughs> Dumb I'm in. terrible that, that I forgot his so name. Funny. I feel so bad, but um, no. Look, it, it, the intention was so lovely. Like I was grateful he was like yeah. sneaking in to try and keep yeah. him occupied. Um, but the permanent markers ended up going everywhere on <gasps> Harvey's clothes, including Josh's phone screen. Oh. Got scribbled on, <laughs> which I think he's since been able to like yeah, get, get off, off with, with some stuff. stuff. But like, 
It was quite funny. It was quite funny at the time. Anyway, we actually got through the episode and it was a really good chat. So that was awesome. But I think my update with Harvey within that is that he's, whilst he's like definitely still dependent on us, his imagination is growing so much now that he's actually at the age where he kind of plays by himself. And so now, like, we've got a, uh, we've got like a baby monitor in his playroom. So, like, just say we're playing upstairs, but someone comes to the door or, like, I need to go down and make myself a coffee. We can do that because we can watch him the entire time um, that we do that. And it's just sometimes I get so lost just watching him play by himself. And I'll sneak back upstairs and I'll just stand there watching him, like, playing by himself and speaking his own little language to his teddies and stuff. And it's just, oh. it's so cute, so sweet. I love when kids are just old enough to have conversations, yeah. right? I saw a TikTok yesterday that was these two three-year-olds. Yeah. So he's probably maybe a year off doing yeah. this. There were two three-year-olds holding hands and they're like, want to hold my hand? Okay. And they're like, do you have naps? Um, yeah, I have naps. I was like, this is the cutest yeah. thing. Ever. Like when they're able to have conversations yeah. with other miniature people. Yeah. Oh my God. Harvey's like piecing probably four words together now, but he's he's... He'll get like two or three and he'll say them in order. But then as soon as it's like four, five or six yeah. words, he's like, mum's mom's big blue hat, uh, beanie Harvey outside. And I'm like, yeah. yep. Yeah. That's, yep, that's yeah. correct. I mean, to be fair, like that's how if I, because I'm not great at speaking Italian, <laughs> but my mum, my mum, oh, both my parents are Italian. My mum speaks it a lot. <sighs> and like when I'm trying to speak Italian, I just piece together like, like jacket, outside, cold. Yeah. Yeah. Do I need a jacket to go outside? It's cold. You know? And everyone understands it's fine. So good on him. (laughs) Oh, it's just, it's just the best. He's at such a fun age. (laughs) Testing age, but so fun as well. Um, But anyway, that is enough of (laughs) now because I'm really excited for today's guest. We've got Leonie Akidanor, who is the mother of two toddlers, Noah and Charlie, and she is the host of Parenthood Podcast. And on her podcast, she often speaks to parents about challenges that they face and she offers expert advice on topics like point scoring in a relationship, loss of identity after being a parent, sexless marriages, so much. And in today's episode, we wanted to focus on the topic of relationships for couples with kids because Mm. I know it's so hard to find the time and energy for your relationship. Um, You you generally have to schedule it aside. And I I really wanted to kind of actually ask her a few questions and have my own little session with her because it's something that Josh and I are navigating at the moment with two, I suppose, very different daily lives, you could say. And then we're also kind of at our core different in what recharges us or or who we are. So we'll get into that all in the podcast, but I hope you guys enjoy this. I'm so excited to chat to Leonie. Leonie, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to have you here. And I feel like it's a little selfish of me, but I'm excited to have like my own little session with you, I think. And I hope that everyone else gets something out of it too. Um, But first of all, I want to start with you. So you're a mom of two toddlers. And I I feel like that's like somewhere I always love to start because it's always kind of like an afterthought when we think of like who we are sometimes. It's always like our career that's brought up first, but I I love that. Um, How old are they? So one's nearly three and yep. one's four. Wow. So it's busy. Oh, so yeah. they were close. They were close. Yeah. yeah. Was that like tactical? It was sort of. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wanted probably an 18 month to two year gap. Yeah. And I was like, okay, 
I'll start early because I'm type A. Yeah. So I'm like, as soon as I decide what I want yeah. and if I decide, you know, it's exactly two years and we start trying exactly two years ahead, yeah. I'll get really crazy about it. Yeah. So I'll be like spreadsheeting and yeah. be like the apps and stuff. So I was like, how about we just start like six to eight months earlier and just kind of chill yeah. with it and see what happens and then build up to that, you know. And then I felt pregnant quite quickly yeah. and I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah. I guess we're going with that then. Yeah. So. yeah. I couldn't imagine. Um, my son's just over two, but yeah. we're, we're not trying anytime soon. But um, I've, I've got some friends who have had them pretty close together and it's a juggle. It's a lot. You're yeah. amazing. Yeah. But also outside of that, as I already mentioned in the intro as well, you've got your own podcast, which is so incredible. And I cannot wait to take my own deep dive into a lot of your episodes because I was reading through them and I was like, oh, I need to listen to that. Oh, that's really great. Um, so highly recommend everyone goes and checks that out. Do you mind talking through why you started that podcast and kind of how it started and where you are now? Because you've been doing it for about three years. Yeah. So basically with both of my children, I had both pre and postnatal depression. Okay. Um, by the second time around, I was like, God, you've got to be kidding me. Like I've, I'm well versed in this at this point. Mm. I only gave birth like 18 months ago sort of thing. So <laughs> like, why is this happening again? Yeah. My second Charlie was six weeks old mm. and I was sitting there in like the depth of despair being like, what can I do? Like, I'm just so frustrated mm. that I'm in this situation again. And I thought, I want to hear other people's stories of struggle. Like, mm. give me the juice. Don't mm. just, you know, surface level. Gloss let's let's it. get, yeah, yeah, let's get into it. So I looked at a few podcast options and what I felt was missing was probably both people's perspective if you are in a couple. Yeah. I'm like, okay, mums have their perspectives, dads have theirs and same-sex couples obviously, yep. you know, have their dynamic as well. But, you know, what's really going on behind closed doors? Mm. And so um, I actually started the podcast initially from a mum's perspective. Mm-hmm. So the first three episodes were more around mum struggles. Mm-hmm. And re- then I realised, no, a piece of the puzzle is missing. And so from then on, I brought on couples. I was like, okay, tell me about what you fight about. Yeah. Tell me about your biggest challenges, you know. And then also, you know, bringing on experts to sort of support with, you know, challenges that I might have been experiencing and Mm. things like that. So it really evolved to now I think we're 85 plus episodes deep. But um, I feel like, yeah, it's just been, and to be honest, going back from when I said that I was really suffering at the time in which I Mm. started the podcast, I think it healed me because it enabled me to, it was COVID and it enabled me to realise that I'm not alone in this. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I was very similar when Laura and I started our podcast as well. I think um, a lot of it kind of selfishly was because we wanted to learn more and hear more people's stories. And But what I love, I think, is that it started off, your stories and your conversations started off kind of coming from your own want and need to learn more and hear people's stories, but also your own experience. Yeah. And then you were so in love with the idea of helping people or understanding it more that you then went and you're now a coach. Yeah. So talk to me about that as well. Yeah. I was kind of like, you know what? It's great to have these conversations, mm-hmm. but I'd love to work with couples, yeah. like, you know, for more than 40 minute episodes yeah. sort of thing. And actually like, let's delve into what their needs are. You know, if there are issues within their dynamic, how we can sort of work through that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's really important to have a third party's perspective, mm-hmm. particularly if you're in the midst of struggle and you're kind yeah. of like, I don't know how to I don't see the wood from the trees here. So that's kind of where it stemmed from. So this is kind of a new-ish. It's probably only about six months mm-hmm. uh, into my coaching journey. But mm-hmm. um, And I do have a full-time job yeah. um, as a property developer. So this was more, <laughs> I take on limited clients um, to be able to juggle it all. But um, but I love it and it's such a passion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it's amazing. And I think where I want to start is... I know for a lot of people, and and Mandy actually asked me this question, our producer, before, because her and her partner haven't gone down the route of having a child and it's something that they're considering. 
But she spoke of a fear that I know a lot of people, a lot of friends of mine have even said the same thing and they've asked me what it's like mm-hmm. as someone with a toddler and a, and a partner of how it's going to change the dynamic of your relationship mm-hmm. because for such a long time, for a lot of couples, um, I mean, everyone's really different, obviously, in what part of the journey in their relationship that it happens, but you're alone together, you can really prioritise each other and then outside of each other, you can prioritise yourself. And mm-hmm. it's it's really quite, I don't want to say simple because everyone's got their things and yeah. then family issues and all that sort of stuff. So it's definitely still complicated, but it's a little clearer than when you suddenly have another human that you're actually, you don't just have to love and appreciate, but you're actually responsible for and take a lot of energy from you. So then the dynamic completely switches. And I know that a lot of people can be fearful of that. So I suppose what are the common kind of challenges you see in in the conversations or the work that you've done? What are the kind of common challenges that you see that come up? Yeah. And it's such a valid point what you're saying. Like you go from where we're going to have brunch on a Sunday to like, okay, like overnight, I've got to keep this child alive. You know, if you're the female, the birth mother, you're there, like your boobs are hanging out and you've got (laughs) milk everywhere and you're just kind of like, what just happened? You haven't slept in like however long and then Mm. your partner hasn't slept either. And I think that's probably a really great place to start in how does it all change? The sleep really can stuff you up. Oh, yeah. It did for us. Kind of like this zombie. Like, I don't even know. And then, you know, everything just triggers you. Like, stop breathing so loudly, mate, over there. Like, I can't with you right now. Like, you know. And so how does it change? And what are the sort of the common themes Mm. we see? Um, A lot of it sort of stems from resentment. So everyone's just doing the best they can in their situation. But often, if the birth mother is home with the child, Mm. she'll feel, and I say say this because I felt the same way, Mm. she'll feel a little bit of resentment Mm. when husband or partner leaves to go to work for, for example, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, well, you're not chained to this thing yeah. and I love this thing, but yeah. like I want five minutes in the shower without having to worry about anything else but that, you know, yeah. and so I'm resentful. Yeah. The partner who w- goes off to work, let's call it, um, is to some extent resentful that they're going to miss out mm. on all the things that this new baby that they're obsessed with, you know, they don't get to be there every minute. Mm. And they often come home to a family dynamic where, you know, mum is there d- delirious, mm. you know, grumpy snapping at them because they're <laughs> like, dude, I've been here all day with this kid. Yeah. I'm like, you swagger on in, hit, take the kid. Yeah. And, you know, and it's all a little bit, you know, chaotic. Mm. And so this resentment can just sort of breed under the surface no one's talking about it because everyone's just trying to do their best on the daily. Um, And often if you're not really discussing it, it will end up blowing up because, I don't know, someone didn't do the, you know, fit the dishwasher and the certain way, you know, or like my coffee, you know, shouldn't have been there. It should have been on this side of the table. Like it's always over the silliest things things that finally, you know, you'll start communicating what's really going on. Yeah. And do you think that, because that's obviously a lot of that is, I mean, there's some similarities that do carry on even as they're toddlers, but a lot of that is in the, like the kind of sleep deprivation and everything is in the early stages. When you kind of find more of a routine and maybe the kid's past one years old, what then switches in the relationship? Like, what do you find then? Yeah, we find a lot of point scoring can happen. Mm. So it's kind of like, well, hold on, you know, you went off with your mates on Saturday and I I just want to go get my nails done and, like, you know, I can't do that because we haven't teed that up in our schedule and now I'm a little bit resentful. But, hey, no, hold on, but I did the dinner last night. But yeah, Yeah. And it's the point scoring. And I'm so, like, so I'm so guilty of that. So guilty of that. Wow. (laughs) Like, dude what the hell? Yeah. Like, you know, and it's, and you almost have to catch yourself when you find 
yourself doing that because you're kind of like, what are we doing here? We've yeah, all got the same kind of goal. Up each other. Exactly. Yeah. Like, let's just kind of. And so, I think a good place to start if you are finding you are point scoring is ensuring that you've carved enough time out for yourself mm. in your schedule, right? Mm. Because often that resentment and the point scoring will come from feeling completely maxed out. Like yeah. you've overtouched because you, of your child, you've got a job or, mm. you know, passions or whatever, and it's just all a, a bit much. And you haven't even just had a second to sit down and have a cup of tea and read a book for five minutes. Mm. So then your partner goes, hey, yeah, I'm going out with the boys, the girls or whatever it looks like. And then you're like, well, I, now I'm jealous. Yeah. So I'm going to remember that, yeah. that notch on the board. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then they do something, oh, put another notch yeah. on the board and then, you know, it point scoring happens. Oh, I can definitely see that. I mean, I feel very, very fortunate for the position Josh and I have had because when Harvey was born, it was in the midst of COVID. Um, Josh also left, we both left a company that we were working with and so he w- didn't necessarily have any full-time work mm. on at the time. So he was very available mm. in those early stages, in those sleep-deprived moments. We really shared the load a lot. I was mm. breastfeeding, so obviously he couldn't do that. Yeah. But um, other than that, he was very hands-on and, and I'm so grateful for that time because I think from the get-go we were able to kind of see how hard it was mm. from both perspectives. But I find it quite interesting because I think I still definitely do the point scoring and I think I even do it in like who's more tired. Mm. You know, I don't know why. It's like a competition with like he might say he's really tired and I'm like, really, are you tired? Do you know how tired I am? And it's like, well, I can't we just both be tired. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And I think you're right. I think sometimes it might be a level of resentment in some way, but I I think for me it might be coming up subconsciously because there's a part of me that sometimes envies like him being at home all day with Harvey in some way. But then he also does the same for me, being able to have adult conversations all day at work. So it's been an interesting dynamic. And I think the other thing that I wanted to chat to you today about is for us, at our core, we're two very different people in the way that we recharge as well. Like I love my alone time and I need my alone time to be sane. Josh is very social mm. and he he loves being social. He loves having friends over. He loves talking. He's very affectionate. Mm. Um, and he spends his whole day with a toddler. Mm. And not many of his friends, uh, you know, have kids, let alone would, would have been the stay-at-home parent anyway and they're all working. So he doesn't have the same kind of community that I might have had or I do have if I wanted to in the days throughout the week, like a mum community. So he's quite alone all day and all he's craving is like attention and love and conversation with an adult. And I get home and I've had a whole day in the office love my team, but like they're long days with a lot of people and my job's very collaborative. I get home, I spend all this time, like the last hour of Harvey's day with him to just soak up that time and put him down and have that special time with him. That once he's down, my son, I'm like, oh, okay, Mm. now I need to be by myself. But that's when Josh is like, hey, so how's your day? And and, And it's amazing. Like I'd rather him want to spend time with me than the latter, of course. But it's hard because you're right. I, I struggle sometimes to actually carve out the time to be alone. And I think for me, that's really important. Mm. But then when I do prioritize that, I'm deprioritizing time with him. And as much as in my mind, I think, yeah, but we're kind of always together and we're spending time anyway. Mm. I do know that when we genuinely put that quality time together, yeah. the rest of the week's nicer. We're nicer to each other. Like the little things don't annoy us as much. It's just, so I don't know. Are there any tips and like, kind of reminding yourself or reinforcing those those scheduling moments for not just for yourself, but I think 
for each other. Oh, it's paramount, isn't mm. it? Because honestly, you're chugging along, you know, working, baby, mm. all the rest of it. And your relationship can often come last. I mean, to your point, it's really hard getting home and you just want to crash. And then, you know, partners feeling a completely different way. I mean, even just trying to, that dynamic, what I find can be really beneficial is absolutely where you can, carving out that time together without baby. Now, I know that can be really tough for some people. Not everyone has, you know, support with the baby and things like that. So maybe it's even when you're pushing the pram and Mm. walking to the park together and, you know, using that as Mm. your time. Yeah. Or nap time on a Saturday when the baby sleeps. pretty much the only time we have sex. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Making the most of that time as much as possible. So, but really kind of like making a conscious effort to to do that and know that, okay, this is going to be our time for the hour or whatever it looks Mm. like, if you can go for a date, even better. Mm. But I know that that's not, you know, not everyone's in a position to be able to do that. But you're right, it is a conscious effort. And going back to your question prior, how does it change before kids Mm. versus now? Now it's an effort. Now you've got to put those dates in the diary, right? Because before we would just be like, do you want to go out tonight? Sure. Totally. (laughs) And you just like, you know, all your love, all your affection, all your physical touch, all of that goes to that one person. And now often as, you know, mothers and parents, you're touched out because these kids are all over you. They're throwing up on you. They're they're hugging you. They're wrestling you. I've got two boys. They're wrestling on the floor. I get down and they're wrestling on me. Like I'm touched out. So, um, And I need to be really mindful of that because funnily enough, my husband Jules, his um, love language is physical touch. And I'm like, of course he bloody is. Like (laughs) like, that was fine pre-kids. And I'm like the ice queen. So I loved that about him because he like he loves to be touchy-feely and I'm like, okay, you know, I love that because I'm so not that. I think I'm like acts of doing. I'm like, if you wash the car or something, I'm like, baby, come here. (laughs) Like, you know, so yeah. And so I'm, I've got to be really mindful of that because I'm sitting there going, I'm touched out, but you know, Physical touch doesn't necessarily have to be, you know... Your quality you know, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. It can it can even just be if you're noticing in your relationship that perhaps just turning into that roommate situation where there's no physical touch at all. It can be little things like giving a kiss, each other a kiss hello and a kiss goodbye. Yeah. It can be the arm on the back as you're walking, you know, past them in the kitchen. Yeah. It's these little gestures frequently mm. that can kind of keep that connection there, I find. Yeah, and it's okay if it's... If you have to, because I think I judge myself sometimes because I genuinely have to try Mm. and remember to do those things. Whereas like, I feel like Josh, it's so beautiful. It all comes so, I don't, it's not like it doesn't come natural to me, but like, he's just, he's so affectionate and it really does hurt him if I come home and I just get all over Harvey and I have barely acknowledged the fact that he's there. Mm. And I can understand that. Like, I can totally see that. But it is something that I consciously have to think about sometimes. And I think I get so bugged down on that and, like, really judge myself for that because it's like, why are you this way? Like, you love him. He's your soulmate. Like, Mm. why is it so hard to remember and I, I don't know what it is, but it is something in the dynamic that switched since Harvey existed. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like that's so normal. Mm. So don't get down on yourself. We all do it. I think yeah. all of us can resonate. And also, you know, 
as females as well, we have an extra layer of touch with these children mm. that like perhaps our partners don't have, like from the breastfeeding yeah. part all the yeah. way through to now I've got two beautiful little boys and they're, I would say they're kind of mummy's boys. They always want hugs from mummy yeah. and, you know, and so it, it can, yeah, you've kind of maxed out on that. So yeah, we all have to, con- well, I say we all, most of us mm. would have to consciously remind ourselves to give a little love to our partners. Yeah, a hundred. And I think it's okay as well if it's different. It's, it has to be different now. It has to be scheduled. I know it feels weird or um, different because you, you might miss that kind of spontaneity you used to have, but that's okay. It's just different now. And if you if you don't try that, like you generally will lose touch with each other, which is which is horrible and scary as well. Um, I suppose like how is there any like ways in which is it literally just like looking at each other's calendars or scheduling it like how how do you do it as far as making time <laughs> as making well, time for each other of, like yeah. my google my my um apple phone calendar is like yeah. i have like the family color and the little yeah. um it, like it's actually because particularly if we're going to get a babysitter in or mm. whatever that looks like you know we'll plan Don't that plan. date night six weeks in advance if it's just the everyday stuff, like the Saturday when they're napping, I I need to make a conscious effort to be home and maybe, you know, we can have Mm. sexy time or whatever, Mm. you know, watch something together or whatever. Um, Then it's almost like I will just know to kind of keep my diary open for that time. Like it's, but it's a conscious effort. I don't know. How do you do it? Yeah. I think I'm, I'm similar and it's interesting. Mm. I I don't use my calendar, but maybe I should because I feel like that's what I used to do whenever I fell out of motivation with exercise. I would like schedule it in my calendar and be like, you're doing this kick workout on Tuesday. (laughs) Um, So I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Mm. I think for us, I, I'm very conscious that he doesn't get a lot of adult time throughout the week. And I mean that with me, but also with his friends. And so often I'll try and keep my weekends as free as possible um, to kind of leave him the chance to, I don't know, catch up with friends or get out of the house and do something. Um, But it's quite beautiful because more often than not, he kind of gets to the end of the week and he just wants to spend time with me. Bless him. (laughs) But but I think that's what I, I try and do is I try and consciously do that. And then because I'm actively doing that and I suppose not just piling up my free time with other things to do there is that time for each other but yeah it is definitely a conscious thing I wanted to go back now to scheduling that time for yourself because I do think that's like equally as important I've got a girlfriend who has two little ones and she's a stay-at-home parent and she has been for the last three and a half years and she what you said earlier about being touched out she spoke to me about it the other day and I kind of asked her if she's ever alone mm. and she admitted that she hasn't, she doesn't. And look, they're not in a, um, you know, financial position where she can go nuts and go do anything or go shopping or whatever. However, you know, I said to her, I was like, why don't you just go for a walk mm. by yourself? Like, because he's home in the afternoon. So it's like, why don't you just go for a walk um, during one of your kids' naps and then you can just kind of be by yourself, listen to a podcast, mm. do whatever. Go sit at a park with a cup of tea in your hand, yeah. look at a pond, yeah. like literally anything. <laughs> but she, but it's, it's a change of habit for her. Like mm. she's like, yeah, I, I suppose I could do that. But we were literally talking about different ways and I was like, maybe set a reminder on your phone or like, it's funny because you get so used to putting everyone else first, which she does and she's the most caring, beautiful person and especially with her kids Mm -hmm. that she's just kind of forgetting to really schedule in time for herself. But like, Is that just as equally as important as spending time with your partner? 100%. And I think, uh, you know, if 
it's fundamental to even start feeling sexy again. Mm. Like it's, I feel like I can't, if I don't have the opportunity to, yeah, go for a walk and listen to a podcast for Mm. half an hour or, you know, just to break things up a little Mm. bit. I'm just thinking back to the time when the boys were really young and that was bliss, right? To have that little bit of time. Um, There was just no way if Jules came up to me and touched me on the arm, if I had had not had that self-care time, I would have just been like, I can't. Like I just, Mm. and I find speaking to couples as well, the more they prioritise their self-care piece, the more they start feeling a little bit more like themselves again, Mm. the more they can start feeling a bit sexy and then the relationship piece will follow Mm. often. So I did the same thing. I put it in my calendar, like, Mm. and I, on the family calendar, I was like, you know, when Jules gets home from work at 6.30, Leonie's going for a half an hour work. It's in the calendar. Sorry, mate, the kids are yours. I'm out of here. Fortunate that I can do that. I've got a partner. And yeah. for those who are single parents, you know. Superheroes. Oh, literally, hat goes <laughs> off to you, right? But similar, yeah. So I think very much that um, self-care piece, I know particularly because I struggled from a mental health perspective mm. and I felt so like, you know, prior to kids, I was type A, get shit done, yeah. don't have time for any, you know, work hard, play hard, yeah. like no excuses kind of person. And then going into uh, experiencing depression and yeah. just being like, I just don't. I don't care about getting up this morning. I can't. Like it's, you know, complete 360. Yeah. In order for me to pick myself up and start feeling like myself again, I it, it was critical that I started prioritising yeah. that time. So, I mean, and to the point around your friend, although, you know, you know, she may not realise how critical it is to have that self-care time, life will seem more fluid, I guess, or Mm. something. She'll just feel better just generally carving out even those 15 minutes. And she might not be able to see that right now because she's in this habit of just like, go, 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 the Mm. kids and all of that. But Mm. often what I find, and again, more speaking to couples about this, sometimes this little piece of resentment Mm. of of like, oh, I'd love a bit of time to myself or, you know, my partner's going off and doing their thing and I'm that's okay, it's okay, just sweep that under the rug. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And it does eventually get to a point where something will happen where it all sort of comes out and then you kind of don't want to have to get to that breaking point Mm. to really start enacting change. Mm. I think if you can try and prioritise it now, you know, with a level of frequency, Mm. you don't ever have to get to the point where, you know, yeah, you're having these massive discussions with your partner or, Mm. you know, feeling like it's just all too much. Mm. Like you've, you know, you're kind of just trying to prevent that. It's kind of a preventative way of of being. Oh, definitely, definitely agree. And yeah, I hope I hope that anyone out there who hasn't had like an well feels like they haven't had an opportunity to carve out time can can find the motivation to do so because I know for me if I've gone a couple of weeks or even like a solid month where I haven't done that as soon as I do it even like one or two days in and as you said it could be as short as fifteen minutes mm-hmm. it feels so different like you're just like why don't I do this more this makes so much sense you get this like light bulb moment so I do I do completely agree. I wanted to talk further on the whole one-up thing because I would love to know, I don't, I, I love Josh so much and I care for him so much and I I do genuinely appreciate everything that he does. Honestly, he's, he's, he's a better stay-at-home and housekeeper than I would ever be. He's amazing. Um, so I know how much he does and yet I still get competitive with him sometimes and I don't know if it's just out of pure exhaustion or stress from something else and he's just my little stress ball that I know is always going to be there and I know that's bad as well but I suppose what are ways that you can kind of flip that consciously 
because I I would love to get to a point where, as you said, no one's perfect, mm-hmm. and even you who are, is aware of it, sometimes you do it too. So I'm not expecting it to just like flip a switch and go away. Mm-hmm. But how can you become more conscious of, I suppose, the other person and what they might be going through, and I don't know, find a more reasonable way of speaking about things. Mm. I don't know how to explain it's it. It's not. I so hear you. I'm like, <laughs> Jules is the first person I'll like snap at or, you know, because yeah. they're safe. They're just kind of there. And I mm. guess you're both trying to do the right thing and look after the kids, when you know, put dinner on the table together. Mm. But I think it really comes down to your own state. Yeah. And so if you have had a massive day at work or whatever it is that you do and you're kind of like, on edge a little Mm. or you might not even realise you are on edge, but you're just exhausted, right? Mm. You get home and you've got, you know, the little one to to deal with. It's You can't fully just simmer down straight away. Mm. I think it's just human nature that if things, you know, your partner says something or whatever, you're going to bite back again because they're the safe person. So Mm. I think what can we do? It's I guess even in a busy day, I mean, similar to you, I have quite a demanding schedule during the day. And I find that if I firstly don't do my exercise, and that might even be 30 minutes of like some dumbbells downstairs at my place, like it doesn't have to be sexy in a gym or anything, but just like a little bit of time, or it might be a a 10 minute meditation. But the point is, if I have prioritized myself for a period of time within my day, um, then I know I'm going home at kind of a better version of myself. So I'm probably less likely to snap or to say, you know, or, you know, give a partner a hard time. So they say self-care, yes, it's for you, but it's also for the people around you. You're just a better version of yourself. Yeah, I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I feel like that makes a lot of sense. I think the other thing I've been trying to do lately is also if I know I have to work late or if I know that I'm going to have to log back on after dinner or if I know that I've had a really hard day, I almost just message him and I'm just like, that's FYI. Yes. Tread carefully today. I did that one the other day. I was like, oh, um, when are you getting back from work? Because the kids are driving me bloody nuts and I just want to let you know it's been a terrible day. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope that you get back by six. Blah, 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 and he just writes back, I'll be back by six. And I'm like, you know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. And then when he did come home, I was like, cool, kids are yours. I went upstairs and I watched like an episode of Real Housewives or yeah. something. I was like, Perfect. I need my time yeah. and I've given you the heads up. We don't even have to talk about it now. Yeah. You know, because mm. I sent you that text. And so I think sometimes it's kind of, you know, advantageous if you are feeling a little stressed to communicate that as mm. nicely as you can through a text message or whatever that looks like to give them a heads up because otherwise he would have come through the door. I probably would have been like, oh, you know, you're one minute late mm. and oh, bloody hell, you know, and all mm. the things and they're kind of caught off guard. And so I, I'm an advocate for that. Yeah. If you need a text and communicate, I mean, communication is everything, right? Oh, totally. Absolutely. And I feel like it's been like, We've obviously spoken, it kind of sounds negative, so I don't want to scare you, Mandy. I feel like you're listening and you're like, cool, so um, probably won't have kids. But no, I, just, I don't, like, I think it's so important that people are aware because it, it definitely changes the dynamic and it's, um, it's unfortunately, it is something that if you're not in it together and you unite and you have these conversations and everything like that, it really can also break a relationship. So it's important to be aware of, but I do also want to say, I want to touch on some of the positive <laughs> Because I I will also say, like, I feel like my love for Josh now or my appreciation for Josh is so different since seeing him be a dad. Yeah. And do you do you see that too? Do you see like a, almost like the type of love or affection does switch as well? Oh, it's more, I feel like it's even more wholesome, mm. right? Because mm. you're seeing them in a different light. They're caring for your one and only, mm. you know, and it's just, yeah, I, 
you loved them before, but I think, yeah, it's almost like, wow, this has really solidified our love even further in a way. I mean, God, you still do my head in, but yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but like, yeah, it feels like a more wholesome, well rounded love. I totally agree. And I think this is where, um, as much as relationships are working, you've got to communicate Mm. and maybe over communicate. It's also when you do have those nuggets of time together it's bliss. Mm. Like I just sit at a restaurant. I'm a bit of a foodie. Sit at a restaurant. Jules is opposite me and we've booked it in eight weeks before. And we're there we are, you know, lift the wine up, have a clink. And I go, this is the best feeling in the world. Like Mm. this was even a better feeling than when we dated the first time. You're so much more appreciative of that time, aren't you? Right? Like, so... I think that goes to, you know, something to be said about, yeah, that shift when parenthood happens. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. And I have one sexy time question before we finish up because I know we've spoken about quality time and that doesn't always mean like physical affection, everything like that. But I feel like I've got a lot of friends who fell out of the habit and I'm calling it a habit because I, I feel like it in some ways is. And I know this is for me anyway, in my personal case as well. But when you're not having sex regularly and you might have gone through a dry spell and then for a lot of women after having kids there's obviously there's a lot longer than the six weeks clearance right because everyone's really different as to when their body but also mentally they're ready for it Mm. and it can be so long sometimes that you're just kind of do I even need to do this anymore? Like I'm kind of, I'm living, I'm all right. Like, you know, and and I feel like it would be so common that that, that I suppose sexual spark or chemistry does fade, especially in that first year. Mm. So what do you say to couples who might be struggling with that? Yeah, absolutely. And this is such a hot topic even Mm. on our podcast. Um, So I guess first and foremost, it's so normal. And as you said, you know, to some extent we've all experienced that. The research sort of has two two kind of avenues you can go down. One's a little bit, um, I think people would probably have a bit more to say about this, but it is an option. You can, if you're not feeling it, Mm. you can just jump back on that horse. And then when you're in it, often people will go, oh, I love this. Why don't we do this more often? It's It's just kind of getting there, right? Often it's the getting there piece. There's that avenue. The other avenue is if if that's not your jam, Mm communicating that to your partner, and I know it sounds lame, but it's actually like, hey, babe, I'm aware that we haven't had sex in like three months or whatever. You know, I love you. I am sort of struggling at the moment because of X, Y, and Z that's going on. Like, I feel like, you know, you know, let's take baby steps to get back there. Mm. Not to say that the partner will be like, oh, that's fine. No mm. dramas at all. But the point is at least you've aired it. Yeah. The next step often from couples that I speak to um, who have been in this situation is that the partner who isn't feeling it will go, I need a priority me a little bit more because mm. I'm just giving so much. So that that self-care piece starts mm. kicking in. As soon as they start prioritising themselves again, they have more love for their partners too, mm. right? And then generally, you know, sex will happen, you know, in time. So mm. there's no simple fix. Yeah. But I do think there's something to be said about feeling really good in your own skin. And I know that's so hard as parents, mm. you know, with all the things that we've got, but really prioritising that ourselves mm. as a starting point. And, you know, I remember when I had my little one, um, Noah, and it was probably a year in and I went, you know, I was feeling myself a little bit more. I'd gone for a couple of runs mm. and, and I went to Victoria's Secret and bought a yeah. whole heap of little, lingerie, you know, yeah. lingerie, just starting to feel a bit more my yeah. pre-baby self and yeah. only until you do these little acts yeah. can you then go, oh, hey, babe, over there, like yeah. it's been a minute, right? 
so, yeah, so I think, yeah, two avenues to consider. Yeah, and just, I suppose, not putting any time pressure on when it happens, but if you're not ready for it, being open for that conversation, I think, is, yeah. is super important because I think, I think maybe that's where I've gone wrong in the past is I haven't really been open with how I'm feeling and so I'll just kind of avoid it. And he just thinks I'm like maybe not attracted to him anymore, which is so not the case. Yes. So I love that. Thank you so much. I feel like there was so many golden nuggets is what we like to call it, golden nuggets of advice in this conversation. And I just, now I just want to go and listen to all of your other conversations you've had because I feel like there is just so much to learn from other people's stories and yeah, feeling very inspired to be more conscious as a partner. <laughs> Go give your uh, hubby a nice like kitchen cuddle when you get home yeah. or something. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so no, much. No, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for joining, guys. Hope you enjoyed that chat. If you would like more info, you can check out our show notes of the episode. And if you would like to get involved with the KickPod, you can find us on Instagram at KickPod. Send us a voice note or DM or question there, and we'll be posting all our videos and behind the scenes on that KickPod Insta too. So you can show your support by giving us a follow. And if you would like to join a bit of a virtual mother's group is what we like to call it. We have our Kick Bump Facebook group. So you're all welcome there. Uh, There's so much love and support in that group. It's something that I'm very proud to be a part of and we would love to have you. If you would like to learn more about Kick, you can head to our website, kickapp.com, or you can head to the Apple Store and Google Play Store. And if you'd like to join Kick, we have a seven-day free trial. We will be back in your ears very shortly. Bye. Bye.